and welcome to another edition of Thoughts of the Roundtable with me, Matt Rebar. And me, Paul Laux. And how are you doing, Paulie? Doing pretty good. Just, I know we're going to talk about this later, but I am now a published author. Yay! Yes, we are. Uh, so in the next episode will be an exclusive interview with me, Matt, interviewing Paul about his newest <laughs> book. We will find out the inspiration. We will find out some behind the scenes. We'll find out what got cut from the final draft, final copy, um, as well as if Paul liked my advice, because I got to read the manuscript. I have not read the final, but I don't imagine too much has changed. So that's going to be really exciting. And A we'll little bit it. has. Not too much, though. Yeah. So we'll save it for next week. Um, but meanwhile, we promised last time we got together that we were going to do some uh, not we're, we're going to look at some advice pieces, but not actually give advice or we're going to try not to give advice. But we'll see. It's basically exactly going to be a judging session, which is basically <laughs> what it's going to be. And I, I know 2021 is um, calling for unity, but not on this show. Not no. on this show. We're already divided by space and time with this. So might as well divide family, too. Um <laughs> But no, so my idea behind this is I found Facebook is absolutely just a cesspool of ridiculousness and arguments and drama. And there used to be a web- – I remember back when I was in college, and I forgot what the website was called. May- Matt, maybe you remember. It was nothing but, like, Facebook drama people would screenshot and post. Do you remember this website? It was – No. Um, Failbook. Failbook. It was Failbook. Okay. And it was nothing but people posting screenshots. And it was like I would spend just sometimes hours just scrolling through this as I'm on the radio from like one to two in the morning. Yeah, no one's calling. But um, so that's essentially what I did here, and I found a couple hilarious ones. And uh, I'm going to start off with this is my absolute favorite thing, probably maybe that I've ever seen. And I want to get your your gut reaction okay. and your kind of judgment on everybody involved in this. <laughs> so let me just kind of spell it all out first. So, do you know all the QAnon things going on? Do you know who QAnon is? And all that? Oh, of course I do. So, those who don't, um, well, A, I'm glad that you got to go this far in life and not know QAnon. But for those who don't know, real quick, it's basically a bunch of people who believe the most outlandish conspiracies that actually have, like, no truth to them. They're kind of libelous. It's really insane. Typically, you it know, revolves like, around politics. and It's politics. A lot of it's, like... You know, everyone in politics is like a pedophile, and everyone in politics is like it's it's pretty nutty. And to it's say all the least. they finally found out who it was. It's this guy who, um, I think his name's Ron Watkins, and he lives in the and his dad, him and his dad Jim Watkins, run it. Yes, and they're in the Philippines. Did you listen to? There's a whole episode about it. Uh, through the Reply All podcast. Yes, that's where I found all this. Did out. you? Mm-hmm. Did you read? Um, it is the if you checked it out. You know, I know it's a for some people they love it, for some people they can't get into it. But that episode I think is really important the way they actually find who's behind it and why they're behind right. it. Which, guess what? Plot twist: they're behind it because it's money, well, getting, and power. Getting to the point, one of the big things that's been going on in QAnon is how um, Trump is not going to leave office. Mind you, we're recording this on January twenty first. So he already has <laughs> left office, and Joe Biden is president. But there was this huge theory, conspiracy theory going on that um, there was going to be something they called the storm, where they arrested all like Hillary Clinton and Obama and Joe Biden, and uh, and Trump was going to have four more years and be inaugurated. Mm-hmm. And so I was surfing around, and I came across this community webpage, and there was people on there who were uh, Q people, and they were absolutely convinced, convinced that this was going to happen and Trump was going to be president for four years and everyone's going to get arrested. So much so that someone went on there um, weeks ago and put an open thing out that says, okay, anybody who wants to bet me $100 that 
that um, Biden won't take office. I'll like, I'll, I'll take this bet. And so like 30 people jumped on and said, I'll bet you $100 that, that, that um, Trump stays in office. Trump stays in office. And so what he did is come January 21st, without these people really knowing it, he screenshotted all of their things saying, hey, I, I take this bet, I'll pay. And he posted all of their names with them tagged in it. And like all of their information, and it's like you can Venmo me your hundred dollars at this thing to the entire city's web page, <laughs> like their Facebook page. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, question for those who are on the QAnon bus: Do you feel like they have finally realized? Okay, maybe I've been reading too much of this Q stuff and not. There's a great. Yeah. It's, it's funny you say this because I was literally just uh, surfing the news today, and the Washington Post today. You should go read it. I can send it to you. Washington Post actually wrote an article just about this, that exact thing you just said and how there's like the, the community is now kind of dividing between the people who are like admitted that like, okay, I was brainwashed. I got duped, whatever. It's over. I was wrong. Really? There are those people who are like, whatever. I got doubling yeah, down. No, who, who admit they're like, okay, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Like saying whatever mm-hmm. is stupid. I'm over it. But there are these people who are doubling down. And funny thing on that post, because I kind of scanned through to see like the, if the people who are tagged would, would respond to it. Mm-hmm. None of them did, except for which is funny because they backed out on bets basically, except for <laughs> one who this lady was like, "Well, I want to extend it to March fourth because I heard that uh, that his his um his inauguration wasn't done legally, like they did it incorrectly, so it's not legal. So they're going to call Trump back to to be there for four more years." Like this person. Okay, so let's say let's say that they did mess up. Let's say they did they like they messed up. They're like, oh my gosh, you know, you're not actually the president. They're not gonna be like, girl, Trump. That's the loophole. They're just gonna like redo it. They just be like, here's the Bible, and like, I don't like, I don't know. I I feel like these people feel like we live in like a Japanese anime that it's like it's like Biden didn't get inaugurated. Time to call Trump back, babe. Like that's just not how it works. So what do you think? What do you think? I want to know what you think of the screenshotting. And like all of that, that kind of stuff. Like, do you think those they should pay up those bets, or should they just kind of let it go? Okay, so the a hole in me is like they should pay the bets, like because like they did make a bet, right? I mean, I don't know. I but part of me is like all the time we're like, I'll bet you ten bucks, I'll bet you fifty bucks. So I I don't know how. I mean, it's clearly not binding. I mean, but yeah, I it's. It's one of those things where, like, I think they should pay out of, like, that's if, – if you – like, if I told you I'll bet you 10 bucks on something, I'll pay you the 10 bucks. Even if you go, Matt, don't worry about it. It was just a, in – it's just us jesting around or whatever. You know, it's, like, the good thing to do. But then again, people who, like, believe Q, are they necessarily good people who are going to follow in? Like you said, the one lady, oh, it's going to be March 4th, you know, trying to, like, extend the bet that she created. So, I don't know. Mixed feelings, but – <laughs> I just well deserved. I just can't believe they screenshotted all the that is that is some bold bold action right there. To screenshot. Got to do that. what you got to do. Did you I don't know if you've heard but um this one newly elected QAnon-esque representative has already put in paperwork to um impeach Joe Biden. Who is that? I'm like oh, I forget her name, but she's like really insane. What I'm like, state? Girl, do you know it's what been state? too I think the South, <laughs> which makes a lot of sense, unfortunately, I think. But, you know, it's like, girl, he's been in office for like two hours. Can you can you chill? They already submitted paperwork um, for that? Yeah. 
Can you believe it? Okay, so question for you two before we jump into this advice, because now that we're kind of talking about this stuff, how did you feel on Wednesday, on the inauguration day? I'm curious how you felt, because I had a feeling that was different, I think, from what a lot of people felt. So I, I'm, I'll ask you first. I, I don't know what I felt, to be honest. Like, I watched it all day, the inauguration and everything, and it just felt... I, it felt like I didn't, I felt almost like a weight was off my chest in a way. Like I didn't have to worry about all this stuff. I didn't have to see all of this stuff anymore. And, you know, I almost, in a weird way, I almost felt bad for all of the people that, even in Trump's like cabinet that he wronged. Like my, my empathy for them was like, I, I actually felt, I don't, just, I don't agree with a lot of things like Mike Pence does, like almost nothing. But like as a human being, I felt bad for him because I feel like he completely got just, duped and stabbed in the back and it just it just made me feel bad for him if that's if that mm-hmm. makes any sense like he left uh, he left such a path of destruction behind him that how no. could you not just be like kind of bummed out about that you know what i'm saying i don't feel bummed out for anyone who supported him for 40 years they got what they get i and get even that right too. now like, don't get i mean me wrong. the senators like i get that cruz and holly yeah i think they should be you know disbarred or not disbarred but like banned from the senate I do agree with that, too. I, I don't have any empathy there. For me, with the inauguration, I know a lot of people were like, yay, yay, yay. And for due reason. I mean, we've had four years of chaos. You know, we are trying to usher in, you know, we're trying to usher in like a new kind of this quote unquote unity. But like, I, I don't know. I wasn't excited. And here's why. I'm not excited until actual change happens. Until we get these vaccines out. Until, you know, minimum wage, uh, living wage. Well, how is really, it 4% you know, vaccination? Uh, yeah, and that's really scary yeah. low. You know what I mean? It's like we should be a little bit better than that at this point. Um, I'm not going to be really happy until we tackle social justice, racism, and inequality, until we tackle economy, until we start taxing these large corporations, until we fix our healthcare system and, like, you but know, we're in a better spot than dollars. Or do you not yes. agree? <laughs> I mean, it's like. You know, it's like playing Candyland, and instead of being in the dungeon of the Chocolate Fudge Factory, we've managed to move three spaces ahead. <laughs> but the truth is, we still have a whole board to get through. Oh, that is, ironically you know enough, I mean? that is a very good way of putting it. And it's like, great, we're three steps ahead, we're not in the Chocolate Fudge, ki- but we still have all these issues to figure out, and we're still a mess. What would like, you and I hate, do? And I hate to sound so nihilistic, because I'm really optimistic. I am so, like... I believe in the good of government. I believe in the power of people. I believe in the goodness of people. Which I, I, like I, I honestly like, was just kind of saddened by the... I've always had like a, a mild interest in politics, just watching it since I was a kid mm-hmm. and everything. And it just it, it upset me how it was just kind of degraded the past four years. And to see that finally turning the page and making politics boring again, which I feel like it kind of should be, <laughs> that that kind of... That kind of, you know, made me feel better. But if you were president, what would be the first thing you'd do? The first thing. (sighs) See, I always think about this, and I I think a big one would be social justice and drug reform. So I think immediately nonviolent drug offenders would not have any sentence time. You know, changing the bail system, changing how we approach private prisons, a.k.a. abolishing private prisons, you know, looking at... You know, even policing that has to do with social justice, you know, how policing is managed in this country um, poorly. Obviously, I think so. Um, You know, we have 25 percent of the world's 
prison population, looking at how parole is handled, because parole, again, is bias, Um, you know, the whole stigma of drugs and trying to change that into a rehabilitative justice. I think that is such a big thing. Yeah, but Uh, but again, that's a huge legislative effort. I'm talking about like mm -hmm. if there was anything like even executive order wise that you could do from the start, because all of that is good, Mm -hmm. but all that would take years and years and years and years to to sift through. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about something immediate that you would do. It probably could be done with an order. If it was possible, I don't know if this is possible. I'm not constitutional. My expertise in law is not constitutional. That's to say the least. Just <laughs> if criminal. there is expertise in law, right? Just, just a little criminal. Um, I mean, I did Internet Drug Corps back in 2016. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but I think if I could change the Senate to a population-based Senate, I would do that. Oh, God, that would be like, you'd be changing the Constitution at that point. But I think it needs to happen. I think that it is ridiculous that Wyoming has the same power as California, New York, Texas. Well, that's what the House even is Ohio. For. The House balances it out. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't think a Senate based on state representation works going forward. I don't. Really? I kind of disagree with that. I kind of like the way it's set up. I really do. I think it's nice how the- when you have seventy percent of an American populace voting leaning left, leaning liberal, leaning progressive, you know, in the middle to left, and yet fifty percent of the Senate represents yeah. conservative values. I-, I get that, but at the same time, I kind of like the balance with because then the House is population based. So I, I kind of, if we had one or the other, if we had a House or a Senate, you know, we we wouldn't be having an argument we would say population so why should it come down to this concept of states rights which i have an issue with states rights to begin with because look at covid covid's a great example i mean gun control is another popular example where you have 50 states doing 50 things we're not on the same board are we not supposed to be a country we're supposed to be a country Mm -hmm. so we need to do things as a country and stop doing things as like 50 children and, and, and I don't know. Well, the problem, I, I just I, don't. I, I don't care. I don't. I don't care about. I get like, that, but. hurting Wyoming's feelings and hurting states that have like not even a million people. Like I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad. Yeah, you no, know, I I get it. It's just that's to be honest, you're the first person I've ever actually heard, heard bring that up before with the Senate, and that's kind of like changing the tenets of the Constitution. So that would never change it. That would never change. But. Um, but the th- I, I, again, you know, I think people always like to say that there's this standard in place, but like we create the standard, we can decrease. So you don't the standard. like states' rights. One of my rights? favorite. I think here's the thing. I think in some ways states' rights are important because what applies in Ohio is not going to apply in Florida. You know, we're not going to have the same exact fishing laws. We're not going to have the same exact, you know, you know, county issues. You know, local regional issues, right? You know, but in terms of federal policy. Like, we need to get on the same page. Like, we should be on the same page when it comes to drug rights. We should be on the same page when it comes to our justice system. There's, we should be on the same page, There's like, when it comes to, like, education. There's definitely and, some and, overlap with, with confusion of laws. But, you know, I was reading this I was reading this really amazing stat the other day that um, how the things like the Electoral College can kind of bolster and compensate for what the Republican Party is actually at. The, with the exception of 2004, um, the Republican Party hasn't won the majority vote in a presidential election since 1988. And so... Yeah. But I, again, I, I say get rid of the Electoral College. Because, again, I mean, that leaves power in states' hands. 
that I don't think should be there. It should be popular vote. There was points for it at one point. I think those points have passed. Um, yeah. Personally. Well, if you think about if you think about some of these rules, they're based on slave states. They're based on archaic rules. They're based on rules that when we were thirteen colonies, and not necessarily. St- and you can go well, back. Well, like and I say, said, well, there was reasons founding- for it at the time. Um, That's a hundred percent at the time. Absolutely. But looking to a modern America, what does that look like? That, does Wyoming having two senators and California having two senators is, does that seem fair? No, that, that's really that really is interesting to bring that because you're honestly the first person who ever has brought that point up to me before. I've never really thought about it. If there's anything I could see changing though, um, in the relative near future, it would be the electoral college. If anything, that would likely yeah. be it. But there'd be a lot of pushback because the Republicans tend to not do well in popular votes, and. But here's the thing. Why do they not do well in popular votes? Because they're because I don't feel they're generally the majority of the country. Exactly. I don't. Exactly. And at the end of the day, you know, you want a democracy to succeed. You want to go with you know, the majority. You know what I but mean? But then there's there is the law and I'm just playing devil's advocate here because I, yeah, I, oh, I, I kinda ahead. wanna hear what go you think. Ahead. But there is you're, you're a white boy. There, devil's advocate, there, I mean that's your there is <laughs> that's the, our, that's our, there is the general and to be honest, valid point that if you do it, then the cities kind of control everything and the middle of the country kind of gets, you know, pushed to the side, which no matter which that is mathematically a a valid idea. Here's the thing. Who gets the most federal funding in the country? It's rural areas. I mean, that's true that the blue States prop up the red States. And I don't, and, and here's the thing. I don't mean that to be, you know, elitist or whatever but the truth is the cities generate the power the income the finance the jobs like but then also you're kind of arguing for things not being equal at the same time do you know what i'm saying i'm not trying to here's the thing if you paul if you want to go live in the country you think the country is where you need to be that's beautiful and you live in a state like ohio that has 12 million people and like you know, three, four million of those people live in rural-esque areas, they're still going to get their voice heard. I mean, you can't look at Ohio's election numbers and say, oh, well, the cities control it. This last election, we leaned heavy red. We were 54% red this this election come around. And that's because of the rural. That's not because of cities. Mm-hmm. Cleveland, Columbus, and Cincinnati, you know, kind of didn't show up a little bit. It all, but- it all really depends on what you feel of the weight of the vote. If you don't believe that there's any weight in that, then there's no point of having left electoral college. If you do, then I mean, mathematically speaking, there is a heavier weight towards. No the other country has an electoral college system like we do. I don't know. Everything that. else I, I, is I popular. I, really, I don't know. Everything else, it's popular vote. It, it just comes down to the numbers, baby. Well, a lot so of it, we lot need of to get on that train. Like Germany's this way, where they don't actually select their. Um, prime minister. Prime ministers are selected by the party, not by the people. So there are those. Yeah, true. But like, you know, at the end of the day, they're voting the parties, you know, that you you vote for your parties, right? So it's like mm-hmm. there Which is I actually think like is a one worse. vote. I don't like that idea, to be honest. No, I agree. I agree. I think you should vote for the person, not the party for sure. But it goes back to again, you know, does Wyoming that has six hundred thousand people deserve two senators and California that has like what 50 and New York that has like 35 Texas has 30 they get two senators too when in a reality a Senate that would work better 
would be a Senate that states like Wyoming get one senator See, I have, and states like California, New York get five states like Ohio, three, four. See, um, I only say yes to this because of how it's currently set up with one house being popular population driven and the other one being two. I, I, that's the only reason that I have kind of a, a knee jerk reaction to that because it kind of is balanced in a way, at least from my viewpoint. I just don't think that like, I think balance comes from population it does, and it comes from the individuals, right? It comes from these people. It doesn't. It shouldn't come from what state you're in. If there was five million people in Wyoming, I would still be advocating for a population-based Senate. If there was seven hundred million people in Alaska, I would still be advocating for a population-based Senate because what really matters at the end of the day, what the border is that you live in, per se, or you as an individual. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like these borders are all I I, I don't know. I, I just don't think the borders of your state, you know what I mean? Like these states could have been cut up a million different ways. Like it just should have got like I don't know. I I don't mean to sound like a state, you know, critical person of the state system per se. I'm I'm not anti states. I just think that if we're one could country Could you name them all? <laughs> oh yeah alabama alaska arizona <laughs> i do <laughs> the most iconic song ever i know we're gonna end here i do want to get to one more thing yeah of course one more of the over the dramas um, i'm actually gonna cut out one because I, I, I'm, I'm gonna bring it up next week and i'll let you know why <laughs> um but there is one that i saw that it was absolutely hilarious and there was a group another group i found on facebook where literally people post paternity test results <laughs> like drama with their paternity tests and people guess. <laughs> so they'll post before they reveal the test. Yes. They'll be like, who do you think my baby daddy is? <laughs> I know we've been talking a lot about politics, <laughs> but that might be the stupidest thing that's been said this whole time. <laughs> like the QAnon people look smart compared to people who are asking others to help pull them for their baby daddy. Did you know that there's a Maury Povich really board game? What is the Maury Povich board game? It is, there's a Maury, Maury Povich board game, and apparently it is extraordinarily hard to play. How do you, what do you do? You just like... I don't know. play as I a contestant? I don't know. I've only ever seen a picture of it. Oh my gosh. We got to play that. Let's see if can I can, let's see if I can find a picture goal? of it. Hold on real quick. Um, yeah, here it is. Maury board game. <laughs> okay, read the... Oh my God. So what what do you do? What's the goal? I honestly have no idea. Well, get a Wikipedia. I need to know this now. This is very important. I mean, screw the last 20 minutes of politics talk. I really want it's to know It's called the, uh, it's called the you'll love this game and it's called you are not the father. Well, that that is his catchphrase, right? So Um, it's oh my god. The description. Um, this is the actual description of the game on the box. Okay. Clear your name Mori style with this hilarious party game for adults. Based on the TV show you know and love, The Mori Game, You Are Not the Father challenges players to move their non-paternity through a series of shocking accusations and laugh-out-loud arguments. This what this is psychotic, honestly. I mean, that is pure Americana it has in a board five, game right It has there. a five-star rating. Oh, well then shoot. Maybe it's really good and we're just being nihilists about it's, it. It's uh, $16 at Target. <laughs> Wait, 16? Yeah. Oh my god, I can afford that with my next stimulus check. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well that's all I got for this week. 
I know. Did we even get to the point that we wanted to do today, or did we? Yeah, we we did. Okay. I wasn't sure if we felt like we got off rails, as usual. It's all your fault. In a good way. (laughs) So next time, we're going to be talking about Paul's book. Um, In the future, we have a special guest that we're going to try and line up that I'm excited for. And then I'm dropping a new album pretty soon, so then we'll do another special artistic interview because we're getting a little artsy on (laughs) Thoughts of the Roundtable. But until next time, and just a reminder, population over state borders. It's me, Matt. Peace out. (laughs) 